Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. We are back for another podcast. I'm Jameson. I'm the genius. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about running backs. As we get ready for our drafts, where do we look to take the running back position? Are we going zero running back? Are we going uh, robust running back? Are we just going standard and just taking it running back early and kind of going best available? I'll kind of give my two cents on the way I'm looking at taking the position this year in fantasy drafts. As we get ready for these drafts, the season is just around the corner. From all sounds about of what we're hearing, likely it sounds like the season is going to start on time. Well, at least that's what the plan is, obviously. But uh, hopefully we can get to see season started. It's a crazy time we live in right now. Hope you guys are staying safe and healthy out there. That's our number one priority is to stay healthy and stay safe and uh, kind of get, uh, hopefully have sports to kind of take our minds off some things that are going on. But uh, before we get uh, going into the podcast today, if you have not followed us over on Instagram or Twitter, please give us a follow on Instagram. We're at fantasy football underscore genius underscore. And on Twitter, we're at fan sports genius. And our website is always www.fantasyfootballgenius.com. We got a lot of stuff in the making this year. Um, one thing that I do want to mention that I'm going to talk a lot more at the end of this podcast is we are starting our very first fantasy league for the genius. Um, it's going to be. Up to 24 people. So if, if, if you want to get in, we're, I'm, I'll tell you how to get in. At the end of this podcast, we're going to have our very first Genius League this year. I'm very excited for it. Hopefully you guys are as well. Um, jump in there, and hopefully you can hang with Chris and I. And if you beat us uh, this year, there's going to be prizes given out this year for that as well. So a lot of stuff going on. A lot of fun stuff, a lot of exciting things um, as we move and kind of grow this business, grow this uh, platform. Hopefully you guys are along for the ride as well. And hopefully we, we helped you guys win your league last year. We're going to do the same thing this year. So we're going to continue our pre-draft, kind of getting ready for our drafts and hopefully help you dominate your leagues. So today's podcast, we're going to talk about running backs as I talked about. We're going to talk about where to take them, what kind of strategy to use, who, who's the top tier running backs, who's the middle tier, and all that good stuff. And then we're also going to talk about the injury to Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers. What does that do for drafts? What does that do for Samuel himself? What does it do for his teammates? I'll give you my two cents. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump right on into today's podcast and talk about that injury. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way first and talk about the injury to Debo Samuel. What does that do for his draft position? A player I was very high on coming in the league, uh, coming in the drafts this year, I was very high on Debo Samuel. I thought he was in prime position for a top 15, top 20 type of season at the wide receiver position. The broken foot does uh, fear me fear me quite a bit. I, I am kind of worried about the injury this year um, for him, for this year only. Obviously, if you're in dynasty leagues or even if you're in best ball leagues, I think Debo Samuel is still a fine option in those kind of formats. But if you're playing in redraft leagues, I just think the average draft position for Samuel is going to drop. I'm going to, I'm going to lower him in my rankings, and I think there's going to still be someone that's going to take him higher up there because of name value, because of his upside, because he does have tremendous upside in this offense, and I think if, if healthy, he's, he was in for a prime year, but this injury kind of scares me a little bit. He says he's going to be ready to come week one. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I'm a little worrisome of the injury, so I will 
be lowering him in my rankings, and I'm likely not going to have very many shares of him in redraft, which is kind of frustrating. But I'm definitely going to have plenty of shares in Dynasty uh, best balls. I still think it's a phenomenal option there just because you don't have to worry about um, starting him. In the, they're obviously going to take in best ball. If you've not played best ball, what they do is they take your top scoring players on, on a weekly basis no matter what. You don't have to worry about putting a lineup in there. So you don't have to worry about uh, is he healthy? Is he going to go? Um, so I do like him in best ball. I do. Uh, I love him in, in Dynasty as well. I think he's in for a f- fantastic career there in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan running things there. Um, any kind of offensive player is, is, is in for a, a breakout kind of year, especially with his kind of ta- talent and th- upside that he has there. As for his teammates, um, with the run-first kind of offense there in San Francisco, I see them kind of going more to the run a little bit more than it was. Um, it's going to be a... Uh, they're obviously going to give more carries, I think, to the running backs with the injury to Samuel. But who are they going to give it to? Uh, Raheem Mostert is the number one option there, but they still have Tevin Coleman. They still have Jarek McKinnon if he's healthy. I like Jeff Wilson as a super sleeper this year. So I'm likely not going to be moving any of those players up or down in my in my my draft uh, rankings. So I'm likely not going to be uh, kind of worrisome about the ADPs for those players there. As for George Kittle, um, obviously Kittle is the number one option there in the in the receiving game for the San Francisco 49ers. Is it going to give him a few more touches, a few more targets there in that passing offense? I think it does, but am I going to move him above above someone like Travis Kelsey? I cannot do that. I can't move Kittle in a run-first offense above someone like Travis Kelsey who's going to be in for a monster year for the Chiefs just like he is most years um, in, in, in years past. I just can't move him above Travis Kelsey, so it's not going to do much for George Kittle. I'm not going to be moving him up, down, or anything like that. Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I'm not going to be taking Garoppolo before the injury as a number one quarterback option. I'm not going to be, obviously I'm not going to be taking him after the injury as well. He was going to be a backup plan for me, so I'm not going to be moving him. I might drop him at maybe a spot or two just because of the injury, but there's not going to be a whole lot of movement for Garoppolo in my opinion as well. I think for the most part, the only player that's really affected by this injury is Samuel himself. He's the only player that I'm going to be dropping in my ADPs on a, on a wide, wide margin. Like I said, I might drop Garoppolo a, a spot or here, here, or there. I may move um, the running backs kind of bits and pieces here and there as, as we hear more and more. But that's not more of D- Debo Samuel injury. That's more of what we're going to be hearing uh, as we get closer to training camps and all that kind of stuff on, on the number of touches they're going to get. So for Samuel injury itself, only person I can maybe see it happening is I maybe I drop a spot or two for Garoppolo, but it's not going to be any kind of big difference where I'm going to be feeling like I have to reach or I don't have to take a player. I'm still going to treat the entire team like I originally thought it outside of Samuel for drafts this year. I just think this it's a run-first offense. They're going to continue running the ball. They're going to continue pounding the ball. This is why I love Debo Samuel. I think Samuel's a player that's, that was going to get targets in the passing game, going to get some end-around runs, maybe even set line him up in the backfield as a running back here and there. I just love what I, the possibility of what Debo Samuel was going to do for Kyle Shanahan this year. What that does do for me, I think, um, if I am going to take a player and kind of move him up my board, it's going to be a super, super sleeper in Jalen Hurd. Uh, an injury last year kept Hurd out of the lineup. Sounds like he's going to be back back to being healthy. They do have Brandon Ayuk, the rookie this year, that uh, Kyle Shannon said was his number one option there in this year's draft. So I, I do think Ayuk can have a, a, a big year for this offense. But someone like Jalen Hurd, I think Hurd is a player that can kind of do anything on the on the offense. They can line up as a, as a running back, a pass catcher, uh, end arounds. They can do a lot of stuff with Hurd. So I can see them maybe kind of getting some uh, some uh, trick plays in with Hurd, maybe put him on the, on the lineup a little more often if Samuel is forced to miss time this season. So I do think Hurd 
Hurd might be moving up more in my draft boards uh, as a super, super sleeper, but he was going to be drafted late in drafts anyway. So it's a player that you're, that, that you're going to be looking for depth purposes anyways. So I do think Ayuk and Hurd can possibly move up, but they're more of a depth pur purposes and the players that you're not going to be likely relying on a regular basis to start in your starting lineup. So for me, it's just Samuel. Samuel's about the only player that I'm going to be moving uh, a significant amount, of, amount down or up, and this is obviously going to be down with injury. That's the injury for the 49ers. Um, now let's move on over to the running back position. What are we looking at for this year's draft? In my opinion, just like last year, if you have a top five pick, I think it's the premier spot. I think robust running back is the way to go. The running back position does kind of get thin as you get moving along in your drafts. And I think if you have a top three pick, I think you're far and away ahead of everybody else in terms of that first few rounds just because you're getting that premier top dog option at running back. The Ezekiel Elliott, CMC, Saquon Barkley, any of those three are fantastic plays this year. Uh, they're great on the ground, obviously, and they're great in the passing game as well. So they are the clear-cut number one option on, on their offense. And I think they're the only ones that you can really truly say that they're going to get all the carries, all the touches um, from the running back position. Yes, you're obviously going to get spells with Zeke here and there for Tony Pollard. Yes, you might see Saquon Barley sit a few plays here, here and there. But for the most part, they're not going to come out of the game um, very often because they are the number one option, not only in the ground game, but also in the overall offense there they are the offense they are the number one options there in their particular team's offenses so i think if you have a top three pick it's obviously cmc zeke saquon one of those three is fantastic for your lineup now obviously this is this is if we're talking about regular standard leagues that are ppr leagues not your two quarterback leagues and not your super flex leagues those changes things a little bit um for where you're drafting players but if you're in a regular one quarterback league uh, zeke cmc saquon whatever order that you want to go with those three those three are the top dogs in the this year's draft we get down to the next level of running backs which i think all have very tremendous upside but they also come with a little bit of a, a, a negative package whether it be uh, running backs and, and that they have in their in their offense as well whether it be the system they're in whether it be the touches that they, that they get in the offense you drop down to people like joe mixon alvin kamara josh jacobs nick chubb miles sanders james connor and derrick henry i think all of those players are fantastic players and will likely be first-round picks, um, maybe a couple of them being second-round picks, and they're all going to have fantastic years this year, but there are small little bits and pieces of those players that I think to have a small little drop-down from the top tier of the Zeke's, CMC's, and Saquon's. What uh, Joe Mixon rookie quarterback are they going to stack the box are they going to come in uh, with Joe Burrow I think Joe Burrow is going to make them a better team so that's going to make someone like Joe Mixon a better player but there is that fear possibly with that rookie rookie quarterback coming in um, kind of having a having a down year but I don't think it's going to happen I think Joe Mixon is a fantastic player I think the only thing that's going to take, take him is if we see him uh, hold out which there was bits and pieces of rumors about that happening I don't know if that's going to happen now don't think it's going to happen like it is with Dalvin Cook and we'll get to him a little later in this podcast as well but Joe Mixon I love him. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, if I have a top five, top six pick, he's obviously going to be one of my players I'm going to be looking at with those top six picks. Alvin Kamara, fantastic talent. Great upside. Pretty safe as a running back outside of the injuries last year. He was a very, very safe player um, for your fantasy leagues, but he does have a player behind him. He does have Latavius Murray behind him. He doesn't seem to get all the touches like the other, like the Zeeks or CMCs or Saquons. Yes, he has tremendous upside, but it's the, it's all about the number of touches, number of carries, number of targets he gets. The offense is uh, built around Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is that offense. Um, Kamara is a great talent, but I think there is some negatives that come along with Kamara. I have 
have him obviously in the top five picks. I think he's a phenomenal player, but there is a little bit of uh, of limited upside just because of number t- number of touches and number of carries he's going to get. Josh Jacobs, I think Jacobs is a player that I think the Raiders must get more involved in the passing game. If that happens, I think he moves up the, the ladder board, the, the leaderboard. But I think we don't know that for sure. We don't know if he's going to get those touches. We don't know if he's going to get those looks in the passing game like he should in that Oakland. Uh, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, uh, offensive talent there love the talent love what he has for upside but it's just a safety for me with Jacobs I think Jacobs is a kind of one of those uh lottery lottery ticket first round picks I think he can have he can return value as a first round pick but I think he can also not return value so it's one of those players that I'm looking at later in the first round maybe even top of the second round I'm not looking at one of the top five top few picks with Jacobs obviously I'd rather go Mixon I'd rather go Kamara I'd rather go Chubb I'd rather go Sanders those kind of players there speaking of Chubb I think Chubb is a player that a lot of people may kind of um you either love Chubb or you don't I, I, I with with uh Kareem Hunt there in that offense a lot of people are still on Nick Chubb's bandwagon but they're also worried about what Kareem Hunt's going to come in and doing. My opinion, I think there's enough uh, n- enough ability there and on both players. I think both Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to return value. Yes, Chubb's still going to return value at a first-round pick. I think he's more of a late first-round pick, in my opinion. But I think there's still enough meat on that bone that we can get a first-round value out of Chubb, even though he does have someone like Kareem Hunt in his backfield. With that said, I think if I'm picking between the two, I'm going to have much more shares of Hunt than I am Chubb, just because you're getting Hunt later on in drafts. And I think he is going to be a phenomenal player. That's going to be one of those steals that we're going to get in drafts because a lot of people don't want to take Hunt because he's a backup running back for a player that is a considered a first-round pick. So Hunt kind of gets pushed off to the side, which I think is a wrong decision. I think Hunt should be um, drafted earlier than we're, than we're seeing him. If, if we look at the average draft position for um, Kareem Hunt, Let's scroll on down here and look at where he's at. Right now, we're looking at Kareem Hunt as the uh, sixth, seventh, uh, late sixth, early seventh round pick in some drafts. I think that's ridiculous kind of um, with his upside, with his talent, I, and what he does in the passing game. I think Hunt is possibly more of a fifth round pick in my opinion. So I absolutely love the upside and love the ADP for Kareem Hunt. That's why I'm going to likely have more shares of Hunt than I am Nick Chubb. But I think both players are going to return their drafted value. Miles Sanders, I am very high on Miles Sanders, as is the rest of the fantasy football world. That worries me a little bit because I think with that news, with everybody loving him, with everybody writing about him, his ADP is going to go further and further up that ladder um, as we get closer and closer to drafts. And I think where I feel most comfortable taking Miles Sanders is in that late first round selection. If he starts to get closer to that middle of the first, even I've seen some drafts where he's going number four overall, which I think is kind of crazy. I'd rather have a Joe Mixon. I'd rather have a Kamara. I'd rather have maybe even a Nick Chubb than Sanders, but I think Sanders has tremendous upside. I think Sanders is a is a phenomenal player, but we know that the Philadelphia Eagles um, do like to kind of distribute the ball. I think that might be a little different this year. I think they, uh, as, as much as they like to kind of use a running back by committee, I think they have to get Miles Sanders more and more involved in this offense. Uh, we saw what he did in the second half of the last year, uh, what he can do with the ball. So he may move more and more up my ladder, but right now I feel more comfortable taking him late in the first round than I would middle of the first first round if he, if he can fall the second round great but I don't think that's going to happen I think he's going to move up and up that ladder which is going to kind of diminish some of his value for that position James Conner another player that I think James Conner is a player that is going to likely move up and up the draft the draft boards right now 
We're seeing him going um, right now in about the third, fourth round. That is that is tremendous value for a player like James Conner. I think James Conner is going to move up, and, and I think by the end of the day, we're going to see him as a early third round pick, and I think that's about right where, where I would take someone like James Conner. He looks tremendous. We saw what he did when he was healthy with no Le'Veon Bell a couple years ago, yet last year was a tough year for him with injury. I think James Conner is going to bounce back very nicely this year, and Big Ben does help that offense as well. Absolutely love James Conner. If you can give him a fourth, fourth round, you're still in the draft right there because I think he's a phenomenal talent with possible number, uh, first round upside with what he can do on this offense. Derrick Henry, another player that I am seems like every year I'm a little lower on than most people are for Derrick Henry. Nothing against his talent. I think he's a tremendous talent. I think he's a great running back, but he doesn't do as much in PPR leagues for me um, to take a I'd, – I'd rather have some of these other running backs just because he doesn't do much in the passing game. If, if, if I knew that he was going to get more targets in the passing game, I'd be all about him. I also – we're hearing rumors about possibly hearing that they want, might want to kind of limit what he's doing on the field to kind of save him later in the season. That worried, worries me a bit as well. But we know Derrick Henry can handle a, a major workload. He's likely going to get that major workload – but it's all for me. It's all about the PPR, the what he does out of the passing game that affects my wanting to take him in these drafts early. And then we get to the next tier in my eyes. We have the Dalvin Cooks, who, if healthy, if we knew he was going to play a whole season, he may be uh, sitting up there with the Saquons, the CMCs, with the Zeke. But we know he's injury prone. We know he doesn't last for the entire season. When you need him most in the playoffs, in, the, in your Super Bowl. That's when he's not there. That's where he hasn't been there for the last couple of years. That's why I don't have Cook there uh, very high up there. I'd rather take some, a shot on some of these other players, the Miles Sanders, the Nick Chubbs, the Jacobs, the Kamaras, the Mixes. I'd rather take a shot on one of them than Cook just because I know in years past Cook has been had, had this injury problem, and I fear it's going to happen again. He's talking about holding out now. So what's that going to do for his average draft? I think if he drops uh, to the second round, he's obviously going to be someone that, that, that I'm going to take a look at. But he does worry me um, for not playing this year. kind of has a little bit of a Le'Veon Bell kind of feel to it in my opinion I do think eventually he will be there kind of like Melvin Gordon he looks what what's behind him he's going to see someone like Alexander Madison who is a tremendous talent he can't risk not playing this year so I think if he's smart he is going to play but a lot of times it's all, it's all about this money he wants he wants his money he, if he thinks he deserves his money he may decide to do the Le'Veon Bell and sit out the entire season I don't think it happens I think he does get in there at some point but when is it going to be worth it to take him in the drafts? I think it's more like uh, in the second round, third round. But you know someone in your league is going to draft him earlier than that because of the name value and what he, what he can do when he is on the field. Austin Eckler, coming, into, coming, uh, coming out of last year, knowing that Melvin Gordon was likely going to be leaving the Chargers, I was all in with Eckler. I think Eckler and uh, Miles Sanders were two of the players that I was looking at for this upcoming season when last year ended that I was looking at, okay, I want to have a lot of shares of both these players. Eckler's kind of dropped down a little bit in that leaderboard where Sanders kind of moved up that leaderboard, in my opinion. Um, Eckler, I think he still has competition there in that backfield. They used a, a, a draft pick this year to bring in um, Joshua Kelly. They already have Justin Jackson. I think he's going to eat in some of those productions, and now we don't have no longer Philip Rivers there. What's Tyrod Taylor going to do in this passing game? We don't have those little dump offs to Eckler. I think there's going to be much, much a little more running out of Eckler, maybe a little less passing, and that's going to affect his upside, in my opinion. I do think Eckler is still a a, a, a nice talent. I still think he's a second round option, but uh, hearing some people going with the early second round pick, I don't think I can go early second with, with Eckler. I feel more comfortable going late second, early third with Eckler. But again, I think uh, someone might reach for him, so that's not, not likely going to happen in my, my area. 
One player that we always see kind of drop in, in uh, draft boards is Chris Carson. I don't understand why people don't like Chris Carson. Yes, he's not involved in the passing game, but we know the, um, the Seahawks are a ground-and-pound ground team. We know they like to run the ball with their, with their ground game, and we know that um, this offense loves Carson. He, he, he may have a fumbling problem early on in the season, but they kind of give him the ball. They continue to get the ball, and he gets that, uh, gets that turned around. I don't understand why the hate for Carson, why he's not drafted earlier. I absolutely love Carson. And if you're telling me with someone like his talent that I can get in the middle to late third round, I'm all about it. I think Chris Carson is a fantastic talent. I think he's much more of a late second, early third round, not a late third round selection. Another player I think that, that I'm going to have a lot of eyes on this year, uh, take, keeping a look at and seeing what's going to happen in, the, in this uh, training camp, if there is a training camp and all these different workouts, is Todd Gurley. New offense, new system, kind of wants to show that he still can do it. I think Gurley is in, in for a prime year this year. I think he has top five upside. Am I looking at taking him as a top five running back? Absolutely not. That knee injury still is there. He still has the issues with that knee. He passes physical. Looks like he's good to go. But we do know that the knee injury there is is there for Gurley. So I do like him as a top five upside, but I'm I'm looking at more of a um, – right now we're looking at Todd Gurley as much more of a uh, – Let's let, let, let's let's see where he's where he's going in these drafts. Late second, early third round. I think that's about where he's going to be taken in, in, in a lot of these drafts. I think where his value is, it's kind of peaked. That, that's about where he's going to be at in drafts, and that's about where I'm going to be looking to take him, out, obviously, there with that top five upside in this offense. I think with the Falcons' offense, we know they, that they like to pass the ball, and Gurley is effective out of the backfield as a pass catcher as well as a ground and pound type of guy. All depends on that knee for Gurley for the Falcons. And then we get to the other running backs that uh, likely uh, people are going to reach for, and I have a little bit of an issue with some of these running backs because of the, the, the backfields they have. David Montgomery, we're going to see him kind of uh, have, have like a lot of people talking about him in the offseason with the Bears looking to, trying to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Everybody loves Montgomery. They liked him last year. I, I was on Montgomery last year. They just didn't give the ball as much as I thought they would. I still think Terry Cohen is there to kind of take carries away from Montgomery. So I'm not really sold on Montgomery this year. I do like him, but I don't love him. Mark Ingram, I think J.K. Dobbins is the player that's going to come in and kind of steal carries out of Ingram. We know Baltimore likes to run, pound the ball, but when your number one running back is your quarterback, it's going to affect that ground game as well. And I think J.K. Dobbins is too good of a talent to come in and not take away some of the options there for Ingram. So if I'm looking at Ingram, I'm looking at J.K. Dobbins, I'm going to go with the one that's getting drafted a little later in drafts. And right now that's Dobbins, so I do like Dobbins over Ingram for value. Uh, Melvin Gordon and uh, Philip Lindsay. Last year, last couple years, first couple years in the league, uh, Lindsay has done very well for the Broncos' offense. But now they're bringing a veteran like Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon is clear cut the number one option there in Denver. But they still have to get Lindsay the ball in this offense. I do like Gordon um, to an extent, and I'm likely not going to touch Lindsay in, uh, in in drafts. Even though I think that there there is enough room for both those running backs in this offense, but I think it's going to be more of a Gordon show than it is Lindsay show. DeAndre Swift for the Detroit Lions. A lot of people are still forgetting that they do still have a very young running back in on Johnson. I think Johnson's going to be a thorn in the side of Swift this year. Same thing with Jonathan Taylor, the other rookie um, this year. The Colts took uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think Marlon Mack's going to be a major thorn in the side of Jonathan Taylor. A lot of people are going to take Jonathan Taylor and... Um, uh, 
drawing a blank here. Uh, we just talked about him. Uh, DeAndre Swift. I think a lot of players are going to take those two running backs, but I think both Carryon Johnson and Marlon Mack can be a big major thorn in the side of both those rookie running backs. And it sounds like right now Marlon Mack is actually considered the number one option there in Houston, which I think is about right where it is right now. I think, I, I think my opinion, I'd rather go Mack over Taylor, but both players, I'd rather have the player that's getting to, drafted a little later, and right now it's Mack is, um, getting drafted later than uh, Jonathan Taylor. All the love is for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think a lot of that has to do with coming from the, the offense that came in college and now coming to the Kansas City Chiefs, the top offense in the league. You have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. You're going to be good, right? They still have Damian Williams. They still have a, a very talented running back there in this offense. They still rely a lot on the passing game. They have Tyreek Hill. I think McCole Harbin's got a much bigger impact this year. They still have Sammy Watkins. Oh, and they still have Travis Kelsey. I think Damian Williams is a player that I think I'd rather have over uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just because of where the two are drafted at. Right now, we're seeing Clyde, uh, CEH getting drafted way too high, in my opinion, um, with the possible downside that he could have in have his offense. He's a tremendous talent, don't get me wrong, but where he's getting drafted in drafts right now, I'd rather take a shot on some of these other running backs. Um, Late second, I think, is a little early for CEH. I think I'd rather take a shot at him late third, not the late second, but you know someone's going to reach for him, and I wouldn't be surprised by the time it's all said and done, we see him kind of in the middle of the second round taken. I'd rather have a Todd Gurley. I'd rather have maybe a Leonard Fournette. I'd rather have, obviously, a Chris Carson. Maybe I'd rather have a Le'Veon Bell. Everybody knows I'd rather have a James Conner. There's a lot other options I'd rather have in this uh, as, as running back over CEH, that doesn't mean he's going to have a bad year. I think he's going to have a nice year. Um, anytime you have someone like Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and you're going to be re- relied on in this offense, you're going to have a good year. But I think there's other options that I think have just as much upside and maybe be a little safer because of the system that they live, they're living there in that offense. And we'll close it off with uh, Raheem Mostert. We talked a lot about this with the injury to Debo Samuel. I am not too high on taking Mostert this year. I think my my opinion, I think, who I'm going to have a lot of shares of, and it's going to be likely to be in best ball leagues, is going to be Jeff Wilson. I think Wilson's a player that you can get super late. You may, even have, may not even have to draft him. You can get him on a waiver wire. I think Jeff Wilson's a player that I'm going to keep an eye on, a possibly kind of stealing carries. Um, Got to see if Jarek McKinnon has any um, return back after the, the missing the last couple of years with injury. And they still have Tevin Coleman there in the offense. That's going to affect the Raheem Mostert. My, I, I, there's too many mouths to feed in that, in that backfield. There's a lot of balls that need to be handed off in the, in the ground game. I'm not going to be spending a very high pick on Mostert. I'm likely going to have zero shares of him in fantasy. I just like other options at, on his own team for value, and I obviously like a lot more options in the running back position this year overall. That'll do it for running backs. Obviously, we didn't hit everybody. Um, David Johnson for Houston. <clears throat> What's going to happen with them? I, you look at Duke Johnson, I think, uh, talking a little bit about David Johnson. I think he's in for a, a bounce-back year for the Houston Texans, but I still think Duke Johnson is going to be a thorn in his side. So there's a lot of running back by committee players that maybe in years past would have been stars, but now they have a running back that they have to worry about. And there's some of these other running backs that, that we were high on last year, year before. on Johns, we were high on him last year. We talked about that with DeAndre Swift. We were high on Marlon Mack last year. All of a sudden, they get a rookie running back. What's going to happen? I still like some of these running backs that we were high on last year. Obviously, not to the extent that we were last year, but I still think there is very, uh, very much room for 
that they're returning value at the draft, especially if they're going to continue to fall down in drafts and these other rookies are going to move up in drafts. And remember, if these, run, these rookies don't have as much um, practice time working with their teammates, it's going to affect them in the game. I think this is by far one of the years that we can look at the, the rookies and kind of look at, okay, is this going to be a year that we're going to have to kind of wait on these rookies because of the lack of, of uh, practice? All depends on how much time they're going to be able to get on the field with each other with the crazy virus we have out there. How much time are they going to be able to get out on the field. We just don't know that right now. That's my opinion on the running back position. Hopefully this helps you guys out to kind of get an idea. And as I mentioned about earlier, if you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Twitter. I'll feel, feel free to answer if I have time to answer those questions to you. But if you want your answer, uh, your question answered uh, 100% of the time, that's what we created our mastermind chat for. So definitely take a look at it. We have uh, weekly, monthly, and full season packages available. So definitely take a look at that. And we have our draft kit available for everybody. $19.95 will get you all the stuff we have in our draft kit. Lots of great information this year. Um, depth charts, tiers, rankings, redrafts, and dynasty leagues. Uh, sleepers, deep sleepers, busts, team-by-team be- best, team team best buys um, in both dynasty and PPRs. Rookie class boomer bust, lots of stuff in that draft. Uh, top 250 in redrafts, top 300 in dynasties, plenty of stuff in that draft key to help you dominate your leagues. 1995, I think it returns great value. Um, definitely take a look at that. And if you do, if you do buy our uh, um, draft kit this year, we are looking at possibly allowing you to get 20% off our full season package of our mastermind chat. So definitely hit us up if you're interested in that. We'll definitely take a look at that. And, uh, it's on the website, Draft Kit 1995. Plenty of value in that draft kit. And we talked about it earlier. We're going to talk about it now. It's about how to get into our uh, fantasy league this year. We're going to run a best ball league. Don't have to worry about setting a lineup on a weekly basis. You draft a team. They automatically take the players, uh, top players out of your lineup on a weekly basis. So all we got to worry about is the draft. And a lot of times that's the funnest part is the draft. So draft a team. It's an expanded uh, bench spots. We can have up to 24 people. That means we're going to have a copy player league, which means uh, two players um, can be taken in this league as well. So two Kamaras, two Cooks, two Elliots, and so on and so forth. Very in- interested to see how many people, if, if you've not played in our best ball leagues, if you've not played in best ball, period, if you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know on, if you have any questions on best ball, if you're interested in joining this. And how will you be invited to the list? That's, to, that's what we're going to do here. If you are interested in joining our best ball, send me a note on how you got started into fantasy football. I will pick a handful of my favorite options that, that, that return to me, and I also pick a handful of players just out of a hat to th- get thrown into the league for this first league. We can only have up to 24 players, 22 if you don't count myself and Chris. And what do you win this year? Um, it's a free league. If you do come in first, we will give you a full year of Mastermind Chat next year in 2021. And if you come in ahead of myself or Chris, we will give you one week of Mastermind Chat next year. If you beat us both, we'll give you two weeks of Mastermind Chat free in 2021. If you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And on Twitter, we are at FansportsGenius. Have a great day. Stay safe. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Be safe out there. And have a great day. Football's around the corner. Have a great weekend.